0: Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Roundtree, and you're tuned into episode 17 of Hashtag You Good Man. So this is a special episode, not only because it marks my return after about a two-month hiatus, but also is the first episode that'll be recorded and posted on YouTube, so you get to see how pretty I am in all my splendor. See right here, got the beard percolating. So I just felt it was, it was necessary just to continue to get this message about men's wellness and, and overall wellness out to the world. So any medium I can utilize to get that content out, I, I feel is necessary to do so. So shout out to those who will be viewing on, on YouTube. So where have I been these last two months? Well, listen, it's, it's been an interesting journey in, in terms of wellness, especially. So for those who know me personally, they know that I was studying for the GRE day in and day out, six to eight hours a day. Shout out to Uncle Bobby's Coffee and Books if you're ever in Philadelphia. Stop by there. Maybe I should make them toss me a couple coins for the free promotion. But no, I was in there still in the Wi-Fi as I studied. But I was studying for the GRE so I could potentially get into a doctoral program in 2019. Uh, also, I resigned from my job, so now I am a full-time entrepreneur, which is it's been an interesting about eight to nine days. Just as far as that decision, it was just came a point in time in my life where I realized, you know what, I'm either gonna go after it or I'm just gonna sit back and and let life happen to me. And I've been doing that for so long, allowing life to happen to me. Even though I've been out here doing noble things with my speaking and with my writing, it just felt like, you know what, man, if I if I had to bet on anybody, I'm a bet on Phil. Right? So that meant me you know, August twenty eighth, two thousand eighteen. Me resigning from my position as a as a therapist. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I had to, especially to work with the black boys that I worked with, um, and I'll be continuing with them not in a therapist capacity, but as a mentor because I realized uh, just the issues that can arise from me just abruptly leaving like that. So we're talking about you know kids who've experienced abandonment issues throughout their life. So here I am, somebody else who's potentially leaving. We're talking about kids who who don't have a positive male role model to look at, especially being a black man. Because, look, let's be real. When we look at schools and, you know, and in other places in, in the community, the black man is usually the disciplinarian, right? So their interactions are usually negative. And so here I was, somebody as a professional, somebody who looked like them, somebody who talked like them, somebody who dressed like them, that they could say, you know what, possibly I want to be like Mr. Phil when I grow up. So it's been an interesting summer. You know, My daughter started school, private school, a, a Christian public school. And again, those who know me know that I don't I don't subscribe to any organized religion, but I felt this would be the best opportunity for her academically. And so, listen, they're going to get all of me, too. Right. So that means they're going to get my this is what depression looks like. T-shirts. They're going to get black healing matters. They're going to get this is what anxiety looks like. They're going to get a strong black man. Who's gonna represent for his daughter? And, and his, you know, so they better be on point with theirs, cause I'm gonna be on point with mine. And so we also saw me experience different bouts of, you know, weeks of depression during the summer as a result of the hyper focus that I put uh, into studying for the GRE. And so when you, when you have a, something that, a goal that you're trying to attain, balance is always key. And as somebody who, who preaches balance day in and day out, I lost that balance probably about the last two weeks. The anxiety flared up. The depression flared up because I was, you know, here I am. This could be something that possibly determines whether I get into a doctoral program or not. But I had, you know, I was resolved with the fact that, you know what, if I get in somewhere, cool. But if I don't, that's cool, too, because, again, I believe in my skill set. I believe in Phil Roundtree. And so I won't allow anything to deter me from my goals. So a PhD might not be. And, you know, insights for me, even though I'm a I'm a work like heck to get there. But again, you know, my wellness trumps all. So enough of that. But my family, make sure the water bottle turned around. Those are not saying I'm drinking a a water bottle, but they're not paying me to show this in the video. So I I got (laughs) to So I got to make sure I cover it. But this episode comes off the heels of me attending the Black Enterprise Black Men Excel conference. So a few months ago, I was nominated for their Be Modern Man uh, Award and was one of, um, one of many brothers who, who are doing great work in the communities and their respective professions. And so I decided to go to West Palm Beach, Florida, for the opportunity. But prior to me going, I've just been having a lot of thought about, especially when I'm talking about taking Quadify, for those who don't know, that's the, my business name, uh, taking Quadify to the next level. And so I've, I'm recognizing that, you know what, I can't do it alone. And so this idea, as far as, as far as men, this idea of competition versus collaboration. And so with me going to the Black Men Excel Conference, I had to leave that idea of competition uh, in Philadelphia. Me going there, my goal was to not only meet brothers for business purposes, but just for my emotional and mental growth as well. Because it feels good to be able to convene with different brothers and and have healthy, fruitful dialogue where it's not about, yo, what can I get out of this brother? It's not. How can I help this brother? How can I support this brother? And a part of me didn't believe that exists, that it existed. Growing up as a black man in America, you know, especially being a product of the hip hop generation Competition is heavy. Somebody who was who was heavy in the athletics. No, I never played for an organized team. I did average 27 a game at Bloomsburg University for their for their intramural team. you right for the team I played on. But, you know, that that idea of competition pushed me It drove me. But what that also did was it it pushed out the idea of collaboration. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm focused on winning. And, and And, looking at it being you know something uh autonomous where it's just soul, it's solely me, me thriving is solely based on me. well, you know, I'm starting to recognize that, yes, that's part of it, definitely, but the other part is, listen, if somebody has a skill set that can help you, uh, you know whether it could be a business skill set, it could be an emotional and mental skill set that they possess what, to encourage you to get to the next level, and so I, I had to recognize that. Listen, the way I was I was nurtured growing up. Now, I'm not talking about my home environment. I'm just talking about the way society says for men to be, especially black men, that we're competitors. And I'll, and I'll get into that as, a, as I truly break it down. But back to the Black Enterprise Conference, it was amazing. You know, my first day, uh, I met this good brother on the plane, this, this brother Frank. They said they upgraded me to the to the exit row seat. You know how major the exit row seat is. Right. Especially if you if you got long limbs, your legs, you get to stretch out. They always be like, sir, would you like to you know, you're agreeing to this. Right. So, you know, to open the door. I'm just going to say yes, regardless, because when it comes down to it, listen, I'm running. Right. I'm running to the back. Somebody else going to do it. But I'm always say yes, because it's the exit row and I got a leg. But I met this good brother, Frank from Connecticut, who. You know who's doing great things on his own he was he was honored as as being a, a a a modern man of distinction for the year which which was dope but it also allowed me the opportunity just to have healthy discussion with another brother about wellness about uh helping out the community and and just overall what it's like to be a man in today's society so that was dope and then that just started the ball rolling for the conference I, I met so many brothers from. Uh, from Sean to uh, from to Charles to to Alfred. Shout out to Alfred, man. He, he showed me so much love, especially when they did the mental health panel uh, by shouting out the, this podcast. Uh, you know, you got Malik Yoba. For those who don't know Malik Yoba from New York Undercover and from a bunch of different uh, different movies and TV shows. You know, for him to come up to me, yeah, I heard a lot about you uh, and, and the work that you're doing, and that meant a lot to me. the, the recognition on BlackEnterprise.com was one thing. But to have people that you looked up to, like I used to watch Fox on Thursday nights to watch New York Undercover right after Martin and after Living Single. And so for him to say, yo, listen, I appreciate what you're doing. I'm going to check it out. Whether well, he checks it out or not, that's a different story. But the fact that, that he recognized that I was showing, you know, trying to do something that improved the lives, especially of men uh, in this world, it meant the world to me. And so I'm sure I'm leaving some brothers out, Sean Dove, uh, Alex Seller, so many other brothers that I met down there. And we just convened to just encourage one another to say, yo, keep going. And whatever it takes for me to help you to, con- to, to push forward, I'm there. And so that was new for me because, again, coming from Philadelphia where I got to walk around with a scowl on my face. Well, no, I don't have to. But this is how I've been conditioned in this in, in this city. To, to walk around and show, listen. Don't play with me, right? Even it, but how welcoming is that? how welcoming is 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 having that those facial expressions and that body language and that mentality as far as and if you want to collaborate and if you want to get to the next level. And so that'll be a, a prevalent theme in this podcast as far as if you want to push yourself to go forward, then you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to make some adjustments to your attitude. Uh, to, to your mindset and how you're showing up and presenting to this world, because it's not going to be beneficial for you in the long run if you continue with this mindset. And so, again, being down there was it was an amazing time. You know, you get to you walking right next to to T.D. Jakes and you see Ed Gordon and y. Clef. He just roaming around and, and comedian Capone and Mark Vieira, uh, Jamel Hill. Uh, shout out to Tommy Smith. All these people just walking around. you seeing influencers. Right, and those are just the well-known influences. Then you're seeing people who worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, still walking around right next to you. You don't even know who they are. I'm sitting there. I'm seeing brothers from Walmart. I didn't even know Walmart had brothers in high positions. <laughs> right? I always thought we were sales associates. But again, you get in these certain environments, you get in these spaces uh, where it can change your outlook, change your perspective. And so when I got off the plane coming back from West Palm, I sat in the airport for like an hour. I let out a few tears because it was just like, whew, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, I'm inspired, but now I have to unlearn some things. I have to unlearn some things that, that hip-hop taught me. I got to unlearn some things that historically, they, you know, especially being a black man, that we've had behaviors that we had to adapt in order to survive. And so we're talking about competition versus collaboration. With competition, we're talking about survival at the end of the day. So that was dope, that experience. I had my hashtag you Good Man wellness call in line on probably about two weeks ago now. And, you know, we had this discussion about, again, competition versus collaboration. And it was a great dialogue for the brothers that called in. And then that transition to the Insecure episode. I don't know how many brothers out here uh, watch Insecure, but it's one of my favorite go-to Sunday night shows. Even though this season hasn't been the best, in my opinion. But just a sh- long story short, this guy Daniel he went to school with another. He's Daniel's a producer. He went to school with another producer who was blowing up, and the producer's like, "Yo, come work with me, right? Come, come on, come past the studio, and and." He's like, yeah, all right, I'll come. He doesn't really want to go because he's stuck on the fact that, listen, this brother is here and I'm here. And so many of us get caught up in that. I know I'm watching on my social media feed and I'm swiping and I'm looking at brothers who who are doing different things. I'm like, dang, I should be here. And it, it can impact me from time to time. Listen, a competition is healthy. You'll never hear me say that competition isn't healthy, but in certain aspects it's unhealthy, and again, I'll, I'll get to that. But as far as Daniel, he ultimately decided, you know what, I'm going to go with this brother, I'm going to go to his studio, and I'm going to try to collaborate, get some information, get some knowledge from him. And ultimately, him going uh, was key. And when I say it was key, it was just key in his growth and his development. Now, ultimately, him and the, and. and the individual he was helping or that he was working with and trying to learn from, they saw differently on different musical tracks, which happens. That doesn't mean that, you know, just because you collaborate somebody doesn't mean the collaboration is going to be fruitful to progress. You have to assess that, but you will never be able to assess that if you're stuck uh, with this competition mentality where, no, I'm not going to do it anyway. And so that's something that I'm trying to be mindful of myself where, listen, somebody wants to, to talk with me, somebody wants to politic with me, somebody wants me to participate in in their event, you know, I'm definitely going to ask questions to find out how I can benefit and and as far as how am I helping out? Because we also have to have a servant mentality when we're talking about collaboration. It's not just about what can I get out of you, especially when we're talking about people who are at different levels, right? And so just briefly with the Daniel, uh, with the Daniel incident, he... Long story short, he made a song, he made a beat. His friend, the person uh, changed the beat around, and they wanted to present it to this rapper. And he said, nah, this is my baby right here. This is mine. And so he ended up playing for him, and ultimately, nothing. it wasn't productive. And you'll have some who argue, well, you know what? Sometimes you just have to take two steps backwards in order to get three steps forward, right? Again, to each his own. I felt how Daniel felt. Listen, you know what? This is me. If I'm going to go down... If, if I'm going to make it, I want to make it all for what I believe in. And it's hard for me, if I don't believe in something, to give everything to it. And so that goes just into, since we're talking about you know, hip-hop, listen, hip-hop has, has caused the egos to rise unbelievably, right? Because you look at it, it's the machismo, it's the, it's the bravado. It's the clothing, the sneakers, the women. How am I better than you? I get more girls than you. My clothes are better than yours. My sneaks are better than yours. Listen, I'm self-made versus help with others. Now, we all recognize that you've got to have help from others to be, be in those positions. But we look at the ideas and the concepts that came from hip-hop and how that's permeated the, uh, permeated men, especially black men. And so that's something to be mindful of, as, as, especially me, as I try to unlearn everything that I've learned. We look at the, the historical competition between men, right? And how potentially it's devolved over time. We're starting to see it more with, with Trump and, and his beef with Little Kim, which was a, a penis swinging contest. That was competition that has the lives of millions uh, in the balance. But we look at just historically and what it meant. We look at our wars. Our wars were fought, many of our wars were fought over ego. This is my land, this is my turf. Right. You how dare you try to come in and infringe upon it. Right. And the person who's trying to infringe upon it. Listen, I want that. It's mine. So I'm going to come get it. Right. So we look at the the impact competition has had uh, over time. And again, we have to ask ourselves when we think about competition versus collaboration, has this impeded my progress or ability to connect with men in, in various arenas? And for me, I say Yes. I say yes for, for brothers who I know who are trying to do their do their own thing. I've seen it hinder them. For those who are trying to thrive in, in business settings, I've seen it hinder them because they find it difficult to collaborate with another brother because and finding it more easier to connect with women. I know, you know, a lot of my close friends and confidants are women, right? Because I don't that that male bonding or I don't want to say male bonding but you know that level of intimacy and vulnerability that needs to be placed in place for men. At times, it's not there for us, even though we connect with with brothers. But usually, a lot of times, we see a we see a connection on a, a toxic masculinity level, where it's yo know, we get girls together, yo know, we do different things together, which isn't necessarily promoting great wellness. And so I was talking about is it natural versus is it healthy? And so, yes, I say competition is healthy if it pushes you to be better, if it pushes you to be a healthier version of self. Now, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, one of the greatest competitors ever to live. Right. It was toxic masculinity for sure. Right. Because he allowed what happened to him in ninth grade to. To negatively impact him in his thought process to the point where once he made it to the Hall of Fame, he brought the brother who beat him out on the team freshman year to the Hall of Fame just so he can belittle him. Now, come on. You don't have to belittle somebody just because they're your competition. I had to learn that myself. I had to take a, a break from playing basketball. Some people say I needed to take a break anyway because I wasn't that good. But listen again, I averaged 27, 27 for Bloomsburg and a but, you know, and so when we look at Michael Jordan and we and we look at that, we say, listen, that's that's not healthy. That's not necessary. I had to again, I said I had to give myself a break because, you know, I found myself getting really intense playing basketball. We talking about pickup basketball to where I'm cursing people out um, is negatively infa- impacting me. I got an attitude. I'm frustrated. It's just like, yo, I had to sit myself down. Listen, if you can't handle this, then you don't need to be out there. And we're talking about team sports where collaboration is key. So, yes, it becomes unhealthy when it consumes you and or hinders your ability to collaborate to elevate. And so, you know, I challenge you to look at collaboration as elevation. If you're able to work together and some, you allow somebody to bring their skill set to you and you their, your skill set to them, what else can happen but to improve, given the the situation is right and conducive for growth. And so again, that's something to be mindful of. It's unhealthy because being in a constant state of tension can lead to social isolation, which can result in depression and anxiety-related symptoms. So when I'm, I'm ha- when I was having these moments of uh, frustration and competition, because I, I'm 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 worried about competing against somebody else, I stopped loving the process. I was a competitive power lifter for a number of years. At times, I will fall into a a bout of depression for for days or weeks or have high anxiety just because I'm I'm, I'm worried about the competition. And I don't even know who the competition is. I might see my homie Chris Gilbert, right? I might know he's competing, but we might not have competed in the same weight class at that point in time. So I know he's competing. It's just like, all right, you know what? I want to have... And there's nothing wrong with saying... I want to have better numbers than that person. I'm sure he says the same thing about me. You know what? I want to have better numbers than Phil. Shoot, we both want to have better numbers than Ray Williams. I don't necessarily know if that's going to happen, right, because Ray's squatting, you know, a 1,000-plus pounds. You know, but we have that as a goal in the competition. But a lot of times during that process, I wasn't mindful. And when I say I wasn't mindful, I wasn't present. And so I would go in and and have these not-so-good strength training sessions where I might not have been able... I squatted 60 to 70 pounds less than I, w- I w- thought I would be able to that day. And so that would negatively affect me because I wasn't committed to the process in a way that was healthy. I was committed to the outcome. And so when you commit to the outcome, a lot of times the process gets lost and don't let the outcome be something less than desirable. Then it's just like, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. What was the point of that? Instead of looking at back and say, you know what? For the last uh, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, I worked hard. I challenged myself. I woke up every day. I, I followed my nutritional protocol. I, fr- I followed my-, my lifting protocol. And you know what? I'm proud of myself because I did something that I never did before, which was I competed on that day, and I gave my best. Again, we get so lost that we forget that we've never experienced this day before. So how can it really be a bad day? Yes, we might have had some experiences that were uh, less than conducive to our promoting good wellness. But ultimately, we've never experienced this day before. And so anything that we do today should be celebrated because we made it to this point. There are some people who did not make it to this point. And I'm not saying compare lives or minimize exactly what you're feeling, but what I'm saying is perspective matters. Perspective matters. Because ultimately, we're doing ourselves no good by way of wellness. And not just only mental and emotional wellness, but we're talking about our physical wellness. We're talking about stress that causes high blood pressure. You know, we're talking about stress that causes other, other uh, bodily issues. Listen, if you're a lifter, if you're a trainer, uh, you can't recover well under stress. The body's like, nah, B, I'm good. Nah, I'm, I'm all right. I don't feel like recovering. you you too tense. you too stressed. Blood flow, like, nah, babe, we ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? We just going to elevate those cortisol levels so you can be really stressed which then manifests itself in depression and anxiety. And so that's why the idea, again, competition versus collaboration, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. They're mutually inclusive. Because if you're working with somebody and you're taking help, you're taking advice, that doesn't necessarily mean that you still don't want to be better for yourself and you're competing with yourself from yesterday, yourself from the day before that. And also other people. Again, I'm a firm believer there's nothing wrong with being in competition with somebody else. As long as the motives are pure. Like I'm not going to wish that somebody doesn't get into speaking engagement or somebody doesn't lift more than me. No. I'm hoping that they do get it so I can continue to be motivated and say, you know what? Yeah, my time will come. And I'm going to push myself harder. I'm going to improve upon my skill set so I can get to the level that I desire to be. And so with that, we're talking about deprogramming and deprogramming is difficult for somebody who goes to therapy weekly, unlearning things that you've learned throughout your life and still being in, in situations where you're, you know, these uh, unhealthy skills that you've ad- adapted to, to cope and to deal with for survival, unlearning that is super difficult, but it's possible. I'm a prime example. Listen, as soon as I got back from Florida, it's like, all right, let me send out some emails, right? Yo, good brother, it was a pleasure meeting you. Even outside of the fact of what you can help me with, it was a pleasure just meeting you and learning somebody new and somebody dope. You know, people think as men, you know, and as black men, we don't have stereotypes of other people, of other brothers. No, we definitely have stereotypes because that's how we've been conditioned to have. And so to see people and say, Oh, you tripping. Every brother, every brother, not who you see on the news committing such is a, committing a, a heinous crime. Right. Just like everybody's not a rapper. Right. We all don't look alike. We debunk these stereotypes that exist. Because we look at, it, you know, you're just another human being, another brother just trying to make it. So, again, how can I help you? And so when we talk about deprogramming, deprogramming, we're talking about acknowledging underlying issues impacting your ability to collaborate. You know, again, we have a historical inability to connect. We're talking about adversarial relationships. We're talking about a lack of father figures. as why we can't connect to other men. Listen, I saw him. I make, you know, I, I'm always honest about it. I saw my pop four times in my life. I saw him when I was five. I saw him when I was about 18. I saw him when I was about 23. And then I saw him at his funeral. Those were the four times I saw him. And so that's the person who I was supposed to connect with and build a a relationship with another man. My step-pop. He was older. He was from the South. His culture was different. He wasn't the affectionate type of person that I needed to show me what it's like to be a quote-unquote man. What it's like to be a, a good, decent, wholesome human being. I got all that from my mother. I got all that from what I didn't have. And so we have to recognize we have to recognize these things. And so that means, again, for me going to therapy, I have to address how these things have impacted me and my ability, ability to collaborate. Because when we're talking about an ability to collaborate or an inability to collaborate, we're talking about trust. And it's not even about trust of the other person. That may exist, but it's talking about trust of self. How can I trust myself to allow somebody to help me? Whew, it's big. You know, the deeper we get into it and the psychological and emotional components that play a part. What is it about me that's not allowing somebody else to help me? It's major. We're talking about having healthy uh, healthy conversations with other brothers that's a starting place that's why i'm having my hashtag you Man wellness show live at uncle bobby's or september 10th from 6 30 to 7:30. because i want brothers to convene and have healthy dialogue healthy conversation we're talking about becoming vulnerable enough to take help recognizing what the end could be and not just the means that it'll, it'll take to get there what could happen? Yes, I might be uncomfortable because I don't want to take this, take this from another brother, right? I don't want to collaborate. I may be uncomfortable. But think about what's being lost in the process outside of learning more about self. We're talking about end goals. I met two brothers who are, one was a dean from Denison, uh, Denison College in Ohio and another a professor from Loyola Marymount. Here I am on this speaking tour. Why wouldn't I want to collaborate with these brothers that'll help me get to the next level? We're we solving two birds with one stone. Me, they're helping me secure the bag and spread mental health awareness. But I'm also helping them with content for their class. I'm helping the dean from Denison College. I'm helping him with uh, retention rates by, by encouraging uh, following through with mental wellness. And so it's critical. It's critical. It's critical competition and collaboration can coexist so listen i appreciate you guys it, it feels good to be back it feels good to be home baby so feel free to follow me on instagram at phil underscore quantified that's q u a d e f y facebook.com uh, slash philip msw that's philip with two l's you can email me phil at am i missing anything else Oh, check out the website, grab some merch. I'm unemployed now, so I definitely need this merch to (laughs) to be moved. I got bills to pay, baby. So that's www.quadifyllc.net. Peace.